Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Monday, the 4th of September. Today, I am joined by Dimitrios Vasilakis, who is a Watson's Daily ambassador. Hey there, Dimitrios. How are you doing today? Hello, Peter. I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. Not at all. I'm sending you my greetings uh, from <laughs> Germany. Marvellous, marvellous. Uh, very good. Uh, another international edition of, uh, of, of the podcast uh, after, a, after a two-week break. But anyway, um, actually, for those of you wondering where, where I was, what I was doing, I um, actually went to the Magic Kingdom of uh, uh, Disneyland's Paris um, for a bit. Uh, and I also um, did a lot of stuff with the family in Paris, which actually... I really enjoyed, um, really liked Paris. Uh, I did used to speak fairly good French, um, but uh, it is rather rusty, but it was good fun. And I'm going back again next week um, to watch England get thrashed uh, in the Rugby World Cup by Argentina. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. So anyway, um, so what did you what did you see, uh, you know, what caught your eye in today's Watson's Daily? Well, to be, to be fair, this um, just this um, morning I came across uh, an update about the Munich um, Auto Show, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I I saw that forty one percent of the exhibitors in that uh, car show were headquartered in Asia, and so mm-hmm. I decided to uh, to discuss um, the Chinese dominance in mm-hmm. uh, the automotive industry. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, I believe. Uh, um, I believe the West has um, has left Chinese to uh, to expand uh, aggressively uh, in that industry. In the mm-hmm. past, as you as you may remember, the Chinese automotive industry heavily relied in foreign know-how and mm-hmm. uh, the technology uh, in car manufacturing process was dominated by Americans, Germans, and Japanese. But mm-hmm. things now have changed. And uh, the Chinese have seized the opportunity that the um, energy transition has given them. Uh, And they have started investing in electric vehicles and um, um, they have become prominent uh, battery makers. Yeah. Uh, This this indeed has has rendered uh, these um, Chinese companies the the driving force of uh, of China's economy. Mm Um, well, I believe uh, I believe there are two two grounds that have motivated this mm-hmm. uh, this change. First of all, um, China needs to deliver its international climate commitments by yep. accelerating the energy transition mm-hmm. and uh, by investing heavily um, on um, on electric vehicles. Uh, well, it's uh, well it wishes to 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 achieve its goal. Yeah, and also uh, the Chinese companies are are motivated mm. to, to invest in electric vehicles uh, because of the current economic slowdown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. I've, obviously, all, everybody knows about BYD, um, the success mm. story that started in nineteen ninety five. Uh, the the all they had was just a battery plant, and after mm. acquiring an automaker in two thousand three. 
they uh, they started attracting investors from around the globe, mm. and now they have dominated the Chinese market, and they wish to uh, enter the European market as mm. well. Mm. Uh, what is uh, really, really, really interesting with um, the Chinese dominance uh, in the electric vehicle market is the fact that China uh, per se is not geolog- geologically blessed with uh, the materials that are needed uh, for the uh, for the manufacture uh, of uh, for the manufacturing of uh, of the batteries. Yeah. Uh, but through the Belt and Road Initiative, uh, mm. they have um, managed to get hold of uh, important mines around mm. the world, especially in Africa and Latin America. Mm. Uh, of course, these uh, these sort of enterprises are are um, are funded by yeah. the Chinese government. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, I think uh, I think last last year the. Uh, China has managed to to refine ninety five percent of manganese, seventy percent of cobalted graphite, sixty percent mm. of nickel, uh, and two thirds of lithium worldwide. Mm. Uh, mm. The numbers speak for themselves. Mm. Um, it's uh, it's very very it, it, the, the developments uh, mm. of China in this uh, sector is uh, is tremendous and yeah. uh, quite aggressive. Yeah. Um, now the situation here in in Europe is um, is somehow a bit bizarre because everybody understands that well uh, the the European car manufacturers need to invest more money uh, mm. in uh, in the industry and uh, um, catch up uh, with uh, with their Chinese counterparts, but mm. so far they haven't come up with a, a solid uh, strategy. Mm. And uh, recently, uh, the CEO of Renault, uh, Luca de Mao, uh, have um, have emph- emphasized the need for 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 the Europeans to come up with a plan uh, mm. and to halt the Chinese uh, invasion, to say the least, in uh, in in the Chinese in, sorry in the European markets. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it remains to be seen whether the whether Europe, the European Union, will come up um, with something. Obviously, this doesn't mean that um, the Chinese companies will um, will uh, will dominate Europe mm. uh, by overnight. Not uh, not at all. Uh, mm. As uh, as the figures say, BYD, for example, although BYD is number one. Uh, in in China, or at least at the, uh, one of the top top car manufacturers in in China, uh, mm. in Europe their share is uh, pretty small, less than one percent. Mm. Uh, but uh, things things seem to be changing. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I believe uh, it's 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 interesting um, to see how uh, Europe will respond uh, to that advancement. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, I think we saw, I think BYD saw massive, massive uplift in revenues um, recently. And and the thing there is that, you know, obviously they're doing, they are doing well in the domestic market. Um, yeah. But clearly, if they're doing that well, they can use those revenues and put them into, um, you know, efforts to expand in Europe. You know, and, and the thing is, as I think that there's a lot of... Um, 
yeah, a lot of a lot of Chinese vehicles. We're seeing loads more. I mean, even yeah. even the last six months, I think you know, we're yeah. seeing loads more vehicles being introduced. And yeah. um, I remember in one of the one of the more recent um, uh, 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 car car shows, yeah, motor shows, um, yeah. a lot of the uh, European car makers were very imp- impressed because I think it was the yeah. first motor show. I think it might have been Shanghai Motor Show. Maybe um, it was um, it was the first one since since before you know lockdown um and they were really impressed with the major advances in technology from the uh chinese motor manufacturers and you know you could get all sorts of um exciting bits and pieces on there and they keep the price down so um so i think that there are there are far more compelling um choices now from um you know from uh from china in the european market i mean it's 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 from a small a low base at the moment but i think that it is going to increase um, and it and it, and it i mean it seems to me that i i kind of wonder whether um this is a result of of i suppose european arrogance um or western arrogance really yeah. um in the past where they've thought well we know better um you know like the europeans saying yeah yeah of course you know diesel is diesel is where it's at um you know that's where the most efficient stuff is at and then we have diesel gates um then you know elon musk went from being a bit of a uh a, a kind of unpredictable billionaire maverick with a an expensive hobby in making cars to actually being legitimately like a, becoming a legit um, uh, automotive company, and, and and I think they've all been caught napping. And in the meantime, you know, China has built up this, um, uh, you know, amazing amount of um, uh, uh, you know capability within battery making, uh, electric vehicle making, uh, to the extent that now it almost feels a bit too late for all the bigger or the more experienced um european and american manufacturers to actually catch up of so course, of, yeah sorry go ahead sorry of course on, on the other hand the the, the dominance of uh, of the chinese uh, companies in europe uh, um cannot be taken for for granted because there are yeah. other concerns or, or, although the um the customers um the the, the people have um uh, have have started uh, looking the the Chinese uh, technology highly, uh, but uh, the 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 Chinese companies will have to overcome some stereotypes, um, mm. uh, the stereotypes of the past, and also the import costs in in mm. Europe. Uh, mm. And uh, at the at the same time, we don't uh, we shouldn't disregard the risk of overexpansion. Uh, mm. This was highlighted by the Deputy General of uh, Chinese Automobile Manufacturing Association, uh, mm. who warned the car manufacturers of, of China to uh, to be careful, cautious of uh, stretching themselves too thin. Uh, mm. This uh, probably um, uh, comes after after the, the, the economic slump uh, in China, and uh, they fear that this may uh, the, uh, the 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 this overinvestment uh, may mm. react like boomerang. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So so yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 there's there are a lot of things uh, to discuss about yeah. uh, the um, 
uh, the, the electric vehicle industry yeah, uh, and the, the role of, of China. But what we, we can all agree is that, um, that the Chinese have been uh, forward thinkers and they mm. watch to uh, get hold of, um, of minerals around the world um, mm. in order to, um, to fund and mm. uh, fund their, um, their enterprises. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the the other thing that um, sort of comes up from this is that actually it highlights to me the importance of that other companies will continue to invest in alternative technologies and not just keep with this, because if they just keep with this, we might as well just pack up and go home Um, because, you know, China has got it game over. It's not it's not worth really. Yeah. Uh, realistically trying to up it you know uh, i don't think um particularly because it's going to cost loads of money china's already got the capabilities what are you going to do just gonna have to pay more um so i think that is imperative that everyone continues to invest in other technologies now i think what is that and this may be wrong this is just a, a an opinion but i kind of think that in you know in the past everyone just thought well we don't want to spend too much money on 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 lots of different technologies because and uh, because we don't know whether evs are going to take off whether people are going to really like them and whether they're going to really be a thing or a bit of a niche um and so they put their money into something that was existing the lithium-ion technology um and they poured more and more and more money into it um, bringing the price average price of batteries down yeah. but the problem then is that the money that you put in there is not going into other things and i think it seems to me that everyone's left i mean it's all with the benefit of hindsight but we've left it to get to such a stage that one you know country has a virtual monopoly on the stuff that everyone needs to make <laughs> electric vehicles so yeah. You know, that's where we are at the moment. But anyway, um, like I said, I think well played China on this. And clearly yeah. they had the fo- they had the foresight. So, you know, it's all yeah. good. But we'll see. It will see because it will be interesting if another technology was found, because then suddenly would that cut would that cut China out? You know, so interest uh, all, all good stuff. We're no doubt going to revisit this many times um, over subsequent podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Peter. So, um, so anyway, so we'll move on uh, to the other subjects uh, today. So I picked Marks and Spencers uh, today because, um, you know, there's been loads of um, uh, uh, stories over the last week or two. Um, so, you know, just goes to show on holiday, still trying to keep in touch with what's going on in the UK. Um, and, you know, everyone's uh, getting excited about uh, M&S. Going. So Marks and Spencer rejoining the FTSE 100. Um, the FTSE 100 um, ejected uh, M&S a few years ago because it just wasn't doing very well because the FTSE 100 changes every now and again. Um, it has a rebalance and you have some that go out, that fall out and some that come in. Um, from you know from the bigger index but anyway um it's been doing a lot of the right things i've been talking a lot about mns over over well i mean i over a long period of time really um but it seems to me that everyone's getting excited about this this is great great news but 
my concern is that it seems to me that um, M&S is becoming a lot more like a department store. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that at the moment it's being seen as a recovery, a retail recovery story, um, forward thinking, has the ability to come up with ideas and put money behind them to execute them. Um, it's, it's the management, um, which was a bit of a revolving door, over the last few years appears to be stabilizing doing the right stuff at the right time um obviously we've got a cardo they've got a cardo involved in food and improvements in the online offering so it's all good but my my concern is is that what happens if the investors look at um s especially when it gets it so i think for now it will do well i expect it to get into the FTSE 100 i mean hopefully it will when it if and when it does i wonder whether investors will then go okay it's done well because this the saying is 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 you know you you buy the mystery sell the history um i you know or or the other the other cliched saying is it's better to travel than to arrive which means that you know you're in there for the up uptick it will get another technical uptick if it goes into the FTSE 100 because all the index funds will have to buy M&S, whether they like it or not, because they have to reflect what is in the index. But then after that, people are going to go, well, what, what now? What, what's, what's going on now? Where's the growth? What's going to happen? Mm. Now, I think at that point, people are going to go, hold on a minute. Um, aren't they just like, aren't they just like um, John Lewis? Because yeah. John Lewis sells food and non-food. Yeah. So suddenly they're going to look at that and think, well, maybe, you know, maybe M&S has done well, but it's not that exciting for, for the foreseeable future and will either go sideways or potentially down as they get re-rated. Now, the thing is, is John Lewis is a private company, right? So you, um, so you can't tell it there's no real share price to really look at really uh, not in the same way as you would with um with m&s but there's there are clear uh you know there are clear um similarities and the reason why i say it's more like a, a department store these days is because you are seeing many more third-party brands being sold there there was uh, news about it signing a deal with estee lauder um, and it's uh, and after a successful um, deal that it has with, um, oh, who was it, Clinique or something, um, you know, the, you know, so it's, it's been doing it's been doing really well. Um, but it just sounds when you talk about this now, so you go in, you're seeing all these different brands, feels it looks like and feels like a department store. And no one really likes department stores at the moment. So um, so you kind of wonder what's going to happen. So um, my theory is, um, is that initially, so the first stage will be them getting into the FTSE 100, right? So everyone will be very excited and that'll be that. They'll say, then they'll, then shareholders will say, okay, what's next? Um, and then they might go, hold on a minute. Isn't this like, a de aren't you a department store in disguise? Uh, I suspect that M&S will strenuously deny that they're a department store. They will try to, bat it off because they know that department stores are not flavor of the month for investors so they'll talk about how different they are 
after a while, I think they're going to have to give up because they are essentially mm-hmm. department stores. Yeah. And then they're going to have to talk about the benefits and maybe the fact that now actually there aren't many department stores that exist. In fact, this is an advantage and that they will do well and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, I'm talking about quite a long way into the future here, but it just uh, I just think that, um, you know, interesting things do open up. Do you believe that there will be an interesting um, uh, solution for MS to persuade um, persuade the investors that they will dif- differentiate themselves from from Debenhams, from John Hughes? Do you, do you believe they will come up uh, with um, something uh, innovative, or do you believe it's uh, it's a lost game and uh, they, they they will never be able to persuade investors that mm. uh, they they'll, they'll be completely different? I mean, that's an interesting question. I would say that MS is going to argue that it's different to what House of Fraser was or what um, Debenhams was, because um, it will say we are something else. We have our own identity. People mm-hmm. come to us because we're MS. And mm-hmm. I, I, I have to say, I, I kind of, I would get behind that because in the past, I don't think I would have ever thought I will go to Debenhams because I need this yeah. or uh, or that. You know, it might actually. I was thinking talking about this with my wife the other day because I was thinking actually because um, we went, you know, we went to France and we we're in the you know duty free shop, which we all know is not duty free, but you know anyway, we're in the shop, and um, I was thinking, God, you know, actually, because I don't live in London thinking there aren't many places to buy perfume or you know or aftershave eau de cologne or anything you know there's nowhere to go because it they're all closed down i mean you can go to boots i think you can go to boots but it doesn't feel doesn't have that same doesn't feel kind of special like it did um but anyway my you know my point is there were very few things i would think i would go there for whereas with m&s you sort of think well i'll go because i want to buy some percy pigs or I like that. I like their. I like their biscuits. Or mm-hmm. I like, you know, I, there's lots of things you would actually go to MS for, yeah. whereas I don't know whether you would have done before. So they, I would say, maybe they still they could argue they still they have the pulling power um, that they did before, maybe with the, the with the added benefit of extra stuff, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. But, right. um, but yeah, there we yeah. go. Um, so anyway, I think we're going to have to draw it to a close there. Um, I just got to say a few things. So first of all, um, you know, uh, obviously I've come back after a, a bit of a break. Um, there are some website upgrades coming. Um, subscriptions prices are also going to go up for new subscribers. So at the moment, we're still on the old prices. So if you want to get in on those, because all the prices will be going up. Um, so if you want to get those now, get it while it's hot, you know, do get get involved now. Um, I was actually going to impose them today, but because of all the various things going on in the website in the background, I've been unable to do that. So there's a, going to be a bit of a delay, but it is going to come in. So. Uh, so, yeah, so this that's that's one thing. In addition to that, though, there will be more functionality. And um, I'm quite excited because I have seen some of the bits that are coming in. So um, I'll let you know more about that when we're closer to launch date. And the final thing I wanted to say is I got the most fantastic feedback from one of you out there, uh, listener, 
Um, so her name is Carla and she's nine years old. And um, she says that she listens to this podcast um, every day in her parents' car. And I have to say, it is the cutest video. She sent this video. It's the cutest thing you've ever seen. And I'm eternally grateful. I mean, I have to say, when people do um, come up to me uh, on the odd occasion and say, oh, I listen to your podcast and it's really helped and stuff, all, you know, it means a lot because, you know, a, a lot goes into this podcast. You know, the, my podcast uh, guests, um, you know, like your, like, your good, like your good self, Demetrios, you know, um, yeah. you know, you put work into it and it's really nice to hear that it helps people. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Carla. It's so nice. So sweet. That's as, yeah. as, uh, really amazing. And I hope you keep listening, um, Carla. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I hope you uh, continue to find this useful. I have to say, I don't think my own, my, I know, sorry, I know that my own kids don't listen, don't listen to this. So I'm very <laughs> pleased um, that, that you do. But anyway, thank you very much indeed. Um, I hope you all have a great day. And we'll be back again soon. Many thanks. Bye. Bye.